0: Oh, hello, Cathedral family. It's so great to see you. Those who are in the building, those outside the building, those who are watching online and different campuses around the bay. God is good all the time. and all the time. Is, good. is there a game later today? <laughs> I saw this one meme and these two monkeys are talking and one monkey says, you should get as excited about church as you do a football game. The other monkey said, I did that once and they asked me to leave. The first monkey said, really, why? And the second monkey said, after the sermon, I dumped the Gatorade cooler on the preacher. <laughs> Don't you hate when that happens? Of course, there's a game. How about if we get interactive? How many are rooting for the Chiefs today? Let me see your hands. All right, okay. Some brave folks in the audience. How many are rooting for the 49ers today? Yeah. It seems like there are a lot of 49er fans in here. I wonder who God is rooting for. Fast forward into the future, and after Patrick Mahomes had lived a long, full life, he passed away, he went to heaven, and God met him, and God took him over to this, oh, it was a nice, little, modest home with a mailbox with the Kansas City Chief logo on it, and God said, Patrick, this is your home. I made this especially for you, and Patrick was super grateful, super grateful, until he looks across the street and he sees a three-story mansion, huge Niner flags draped all over the outside. The walkway is made of gold. The door is red. And Patrick says, God, I don't wanna seem ungrateful, but why is it that the quarterback for the Niners, Brock Purdy, he gets a mansion and I get a little home? And God says, Patrick, that's not Brock's house, that's my house. I don't know if that's true or not. All right, here we go. Let's start with you. We're gonna get interactive. And this right here is the sermon for the day. I'm gonna hand the football off to you. If you could hand it off to the person next to you and you hand it off to the person next to you and you hand it off to the person next to you and then 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 then me. How about a nice hand? Give him a cheer. Way to go. That right there is a sermon. Pass it on. Would you say that with me? Pass it on. As we wrap up our series on Elijah, this man on fire, that's what's going to happen today. He's going to pass it on to a young man by the name of Elisha. There's no success without a successor. And so Elijah begins to pour in. For 10 years, he pours into this young man, Elisha. He mentors Elisha. And then when Elijah makes his fiery exit to heaven and what an exit it is, this is what we read. Can we bring that scripture up? As they were walking along, Elijah and Elisha, and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind to heaven. But as he goes, he's passed on the mantle to Elisha. That Elijah takes the fiery prophetic torch and carries it. And that Elijah has mentored Elisha to now carry the football. And that's what I'd like us to think about over these next few moments. I want you to think about passing it on, pass it on. Would you say that with me? Pass it on. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for this amazing cathedral family and all the guests and friends that we have with us today. And I pray over these next few moments that you would speak to our hearts, do what only you can do by the power of your spirit. Bring a word to each one of us that our lives will be changed because we've met you in this moment. That's our heart. That's our desire. All God's people said, amen. 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 Yeah, let's give God praise one more time. Amen. Who can you be a mentor to? This week, how could you pass it on? Think for a moment about the people who have been a mentor to you. Quincy Jones, the music legend, was once asked, Who's been a mentor to you? And he talked about Count Basie and how Count Basie was such an influence and he was so grateful for all that he taught him. And especially he said this, he said, you have to experience the valleys of failure where you find out who you really are to get to the mountaintop of success. Having a mentor in music or in sports or in business, or in finance, or in marriage, or in ministry. I even saw this poster of two cats, and it said mentoring. Pass it on. (laughs) Having a mentor and being a mentor. This principle of passing the football goes all the way back to the Bible. In our story, we read this. Elijah went and found Elisha plowing a field there were 12 teams of oxen in the field and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak around his shoulders and then walked away." In that culture, that was a way of an extending an invitation. Extending an invitation. Elisha, if you're interested in becoming a prophet, if you feel called to be a prophet, this is an invitation. You can come and learn from me. You can learn what it means to be a prophet. You can learn how to be a prophet. Of course, you have to accept the invitation. the, The teacher will appear when the student is ready. And it appears that Elisha is ready because after waffling a bit back and forth, the Bible says that he went with Elijah as his assistant, and the mentoring began. The mentoring began. Something recently happened like this at the church. There's a lady by the name of Christy, and uh, she had a desire to learn and grow and become a leader in our women's ministry. And so Pastor Shelley uh, took Christy under her wing and she began to meet with her once a week. And they talked about all kinds of things. They talked about life. They talked about ministry. They prayed together and they studied together. And just a couple of weeks ago, Chrissy stepped up and she has begun to lead the women's Bible study here at Cathedral of Faith. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Christy writes this about her experience. She says, if you would have asked me two years ago about helping to facilitate the women's ministry, I would have said no. I didn't know the Holy Spirit was already working in me. I didn't know how God had already had a plan. I had no idea I would meet Pastor Shelley and be mentored by her. And I'm excited to experience what the Lord will do in this next year thrilled to know there's a greater purpose and I get to be a part of this amazing team. Christy is sitting right over here. Would you stand up? We are so proud of you, Christy. Way to go. Way to go, Christy. So excited. That's what it looks like to pass it on. It seems to me we all need to have a mentor And we all need, all of us need to be a mentor and invest in somebody else. Now, at this point, at least someone who's listening to this is saying, wait a second, time out. You don't know me very well. I don't have anything to offer. I'm a a jack of all trades and a master of none. And I don't have anything to offer. There were these two little boys who were in a game of one-upsmanship And one boy said to the other, he said, my dad's a doctor and I can get checkups for free. And the other boy said, my dad's a pastor and I can be good for nothing. (laughs) And some of you deep down in your heart of hearts, that's what you believe. The enemy has convinced you that you're good for nothing. But I'm here to tell you There's a God who loves you, a God who made you, a God who is invested in your life, a God who believes in you and that you today have something to offer. You do, every person in this room. You have knowledge you can pass on, experiences you can pass on. You have values you can pass on. You have skills you can pass on. Most importantly, you have faith that you can pass on. All it really means to be a mentor, for me to be a mentor, it just means I need to be a little bit further down the road from somebody else, a little bit further down the road. See, in life, when I'm pursuing something, there's always someone who's in front of me on that road and someone who's behind me. And the person in front of me can pour into me, and the person behind me, I can pour into. And that's how we help each other on the journey, even our spiritual journey. Perhaps you just became a follower of Jesus. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life to become a follower of Jesus. It really is. And if you've just stepped across the line and onto that road and on the journey, there are people and places that are ahead of you on that road and they're here to serve you, to help you go further down the road. Check out our Connect, Grow, Serve brochure. You can find it on the website. Lots of ways that people can help you on your spiritual journey. But even if you just became a follower of Jesus, you can have influence. You can pour into somebody else. See, there are still people who aren't even on the road with you. And they're in your circle of influence. And you can pray for them. You can talk to them. You can invite them to church. What if by Easter Sunday, they joined you on that road and begin the journey with you this is how mentoring works we all have something to offer and it's one of the ways God makes us into better people one of the ways God makes us into better people that's what happens with Elijah he takes on this raw recruit Elisha and he begins to train him and inspire him and believe in him He pours into him until one day this raw recruit is ready to step into his role. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Would you say that with me? As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And that's what mentoring is about. It's bringing out the best in others. It's not trying to control others. It's releasing others to be the very best version of themselves. Uh, A while back there was a basketball coach, a high school coach who was a good coach and he always tried to bring out the best in his athletes. And there was a, a kid that came out for the program and he just didn't have the skill level yet. And he did his best, but he got cut. And yet the coach told him, he said, here's what I'll do. I have to cut you But if you'll show up before school every day, I'll work with you and help you develop your skills. And that's what happened. The young man showed up every day before school. His skills began to improve. The next year he made the team. Then he went on to college. Then he played in the pros. Have you ever heard of Michael Jordan? It started by getting cut in basketball. But someone believed in him and invested in him, and brought out the best in him. And when the person you're mentoring and pouring into and raising up, when they stand on your shoulders, and they take things to a whole new level, you know what it takes from you? It takes humility. The whole mentoring thing takes humility on both sides. If you're gonna mentor me, then I have to be humble enough to say, there's still room for me to grow. There's still room for me to learn. I don't know it all. Would you say that with me? I don't know it all. Some of you had a hard time saying it. Say it one more time. One more time. I don't know it all. My pride thinks I know it all, but humility says I don't know it all. But then when I'm mentoring someone and now they're, They're head and shoulders above me. Wow, my pride says, I want you to do well, but not that well, (laughs) right? When my pride kicks in, I saw this one sister telling her brother, she said this, remember, people who want to see you do good, or people want to see you do good, but not better than them. (laughs) Humility, though. Humility gets excited about making somebody else successful. And when they see the person they're pouring into on their shoulders, taking things to a whole new level, that's what happens with Elijah. When Elijah is about to go to heaven, Elisha, he says, Elisha, what do you want? And Elisha says to Elijah, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. He doesn't want the same share. He wants a double share, and he asks for a double share, and that's what he receives. He receives double, and he ends up doing twice as many miracles as his mentor did. And when that happens, you can resent them, you can envy them, or you can celebrate with them and rejoice when somebody else succeeds, amen? Amen. And that brings us to the fact that we do need flesh and blood examples. Not just abstract principles. The reason we need to think about investing our lives in somebody else this week is they need a flesh and blood example. They really do. There was another man in the Bible by the name of Paul. And Paul would say these things that were way over the top. He would say things like, Be an imitator of me or follow my example or the things that you have seen in me, put them into practice. Do you think that's a bit over the top? Paul knew that he was far from perfect, but he also knew that we need flesh and blood examples. This is what It looks like in real life if we're going to grow and learn and some of those examples they're still alive and other examples have gone on to heaven I've been a pastor here at the Cathedral of Faith this will be 43 years this year it's amazing 43 years I'm so grateful so humbled and honored to be here I've been the lead pastor for 26 years here at Cathedral of Faith. Again, a a wonderful honor. And when I look at the position I have, I always think of this picture. Have you ever seen this picture? It's a turtle up on a fence post. (laughs) Because if you see a turtle up on a fence post, you may not know the name of the turtle, the age of the turtle, the kind of turtle it is. But you know one thing, if you see him up there, he had some help getting there. And this turtle, on this fence post, I had so much help. I had so many people. I think about my dad, who was the founding pastor of the Cathedral of Faith. He was a mentor to me. And I think about, My grandpa, who pastored up in Oakland, that solves the great mystery of why is Pastor Ken a crazy writer fan? (laughs) My grandpa pastored up in Oakland and he was a mentor to me and they've both gone on to heaven, but I've got to tell you, they live on in my head and in my heart Not to get weird, but it's almost like they're over my shoulders, cheering me on. The Bible says we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and they're part of the cloud that's cheering me on. And you have some of those folks in heaven cheering you on today too. You really do, amen? Again, the big idea for today is this is how God makes us into better people. It's a big idea for the year here at Cathedral of Faith. How can I invest in others? How can I pour into others? How can I raise others up? What would it look like for me to pass it on? Speaking of passing it on, what an honor it is to have with us someone who is passing it on in so many ways. He played high school football down in Culver City. He played college football at the University of Southern California. And he played professional football for the San Francisco 49ers, yeah. He was on the team on the offensive line the last time the 49ers won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Most of all, Derek is a fully devoted follower of Jesus, and he has taken the day of the Super Bowl. I'm so grateful to come and be up here with us. Would you give a great big San Jose Cathedral of Faith welcome to Derek Dees, Derek. Wow, Derek, it's sure great to have you here.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Oh, thanks again for for taking the time on Super Bowl Sunday to come and be with Cathedral. Um, Derek, let's talk about, since it is Super Bowl Sunday, what was it like
1: to win the Super Bowl? Well, for me, it was um, unbelievable because I I never thought I'd actually be playing in a Super Bowl. Mm. So... um, not to be thinking about playing football and then end up at a Super Bowl winning a championship and uh, doing it with the teammates I had was uh, unbelievable.
0: Yeah, because you had an interesting journey to the to the NFL. Mm-hmm. I would say it's not the typical. You were the l- reluctant NFL lineman.
1: Um, yeah, kind of so. I mean, I, I never grew up wanting to be in the NFL. I grew up wanting to be a cop and, um, and then I went to Went went to play football just so I could go to school and for free, you know, Um, and then from there Things just happen and uh, you kind of follow your path and if you don't follow your path You probably end up in a different place. I followed mine and You know lo and behold 14 seasons later I was retiring from the NFL and had a Super Bowl and all pro and everything else so it was was a great journey Um, still is and uh, to be able to try to pass that on to my kids and other kids is even better.
0: Yeah, that's great. 14 years in the NFL, that's a long career. Wow. Um, Talking about passing it on, uh, it it really starts with your family, and you have four sons, and uh, how have you tried to pass on your values and, and your faith to your kids?
1: Well, my values and my faith, well, First of all, they have to understand where I came from, and then they have to understand where I'm trying to go and where I want them to go. Um, That's important. Um, Also, understanding about what they want out of life, you know, and the things that they they try to accomplish and what they want to accomplish, and understand it's not always about just them. It's other people that you have to have in your life. Um, You know, sometimes people say, it's almost better to be lucky than be good, right? I think you need luck you need to be good and you also need god right and that's yeah. that's a really important and, uh, a lot of people don't they don't understand that part they don't understand that part and you try to get them to understand that part and if they follow the like i said if you follow your path things happen i mean my testimony is in itself you know coming from where i came from um having to go the hard way i can't tell you how to you know play with a silver spoon, but I can tell you how to take a, a tarnished spoon and shine it up and really work at it. Yeah. And um, ah, praise God, that's, that's a I great, think. great picture. It's yeah. a
0: great image. Um, again, just of the journey, how when you go through that open door, God directs our steps. The Bible said a man makes his plans, but God is the one who directs our steps. And, uh, and how that's led you through your whole uh, career. I'm sure on that journey, there were times that you faced adversity. Uh, how did your faith in those moments, can you think of one in particular where your faith uh, helped you to navigate that journey?
1: Well, um, we can go from, the, from high school. So from high school, um, I had a coach who, who hid letters from me. Um, I never really got those letters. And so I missed being recruited by major universities. So um, he
0: hid letters from colleges?
1: From colleges, correct. That were sent to you. Correct. And so that in itself is something you would never expect a coach to do. So that happened. And then then I had a coach that recruited me hard to go to junior college. And um, he recruited me to a point where he didn't care whether I played offense or defense. And so he gave me two envelopes and he said, "Um, look, I want you to play offense because I coach offense, but I also know you like defense, and you know the defensive coaches here would love to have you here. and so I had to go home and you have to go home and one, you have to decide whether or not you want to play football because of what happened to you in high school. Mm-hmm. and two, you have to if you're going to play, where are you going to play, right? And so that's where my faith kind of stepped in because I didn 't know if I wanted to play, then I didn't know what I wanted to play and so Um, you pray about it and and people say like you know does that answer just pop up you know does it just come to you funny thing is it did Mm. it really did Um, I prayed on it I went to sleep I woke up and uh, I had two envelopes on a table and when I woke up in the morning I grabbed the offensive line one and I said this is what I want to play and I figured you know, in my head, it's like I almost went through a scenario of here's how my life's going to play out. You know, um, everybody wants to play defense. Everybody wants to do that. And nobody really wants to play offense. And I said, maybe God put me here to play offense. And so um, I figured if I played offense as hard as everybody else wanted to play defense, I'd become something special. And uh, I'd get a, a scholarship to, to play and, you know, at a major college and get a free education and then go on to be a cop once again <laughs> never happened by the way so um i didn't get to do a lot of ride-alongs you know and things like that but never got to be a cop so it was um that one thing right there was a defining moment because mm. if i pick defense right even though i'm being told offense in my head i pick defense do i have the same journey who knows mm. you know um yeah. If I say I don't wanna play football, even though I'm being told to go play football and everybody that's meeting me in this path is telling me you should, don't quit. Don't quit, don't quit. And um, that's a big model for my kids is like, don't quit, ever quit. You know, If you sign up for something, even if you don't like it, finish it and then just don't sign up again. But don't quit in the middle of it, right? You just don't quit, you just keep going and keep going. You know, because you know my big thing is is and it's hard to explain to a kid like that's not liking or enjoying something whether it's because of the coach or it's because they're not into it or whatever it's hard to explain to a kid that you just don't want to quit right and the kids like well I'm not enjoying this it's not fun I'm making it miserable for everybody yeah, don't quit and the reason why you don't quit is because the first time you quit is the hardest and every time you quit after that, it becomes easier and easier mm. and easier. Mm. And so, um, I don't like quitters, you know? Um, God didn't quit on us, so I'm not quitting on them. I don't want other that's people it. to quit on that right?
0: that's, that's, that's so much wisdom there, Derek. Oh, you know, building in resilience, perseverance, such an important character quality. Um, talk about how, how are you able to navigate? I mean, from a coach that you trusted in high school and <laughs> a betrayal, I mean, folks may have not experienced that, but we've been hurt by people or betrayed by people. How are you able to process that and kind of get beyond it without it just dragging you down?
1: Um. Like you say, um, someone had to pour into me to get me to see something different. And so, um, one was the junior college coach pursuing me, um, which to me at that time was just another coach that was going to let me down. Um, And the second was my uh, high school counselor who um, I respected. and my mom made me go see, <laughs> so, so it kind of, years later you figure out your mom talked to the counselor, the counselor then talks to you. <laughs> it kind of It's like a one-two punch kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, and so she kind of like basically said, you know, hey, are you gonna let, you know, a little bit of adversity stop you from being able to get a free education? And ultimately that's what football to me was, was, it wasn't so much about you know going to the NFL or whatnot. Um, it was about getting a free education, and so I didn't want to pay. I didn't want to go into debt, you know. But my mom had made it well known that I was going to college. She didn't care how. Um, it's your <laughs> debt, but you're gonna go and you're gonna graduate. And so I was like, well, I don't, I don't want to start with a debt in my life. And so I was like, how do I get to college free? And football was that avenue. And so. Um, the counselor kind of reminded me of that, and she kept, you know, talking to me about that, and and so um, yeah, people that you respect and people you believe in, and she was one of them, you know, along with my mom. But once again, that's just my mom, so <laughs> you know, you don't want to always listen to moms. So, um, but that to get that mm. influence from her and then understand what I needed to do and how I needed to do it, that kind of helped me get over that. Okay so and then also knowing as you know once i got to junior college that guy um, he became more like a second father to me so it changed my outlook on how i viewed coaches from that standpoint so that's why i say you just don't quit because you just never know what's going to be the next situation you get into and so you know as i grew up and and moved forward i vowed that i would always try to pass it on um I also help kids and, and I like to you know, be, get out there and, and coach when I can because I think they need to understand a coach that's already done it doesn't have to live through the kids. And sometimes coaches live through the kids for stuff that they didn't do themselves and they want to do it through the kids and that's not how you coach, mm. you know. Um, that's more like how you intimidate, that's how you bully. And so um, I don't want to have kids go through that. I think. When kids play sports, your goal, first of all, is yeah, you want to win and you want to be good, but the real goal is to have that kid want to come back and play the next year and the year after and the year after and then grow up to where they love that sport. It doesn't matter what sport it is. So I think when you have um, guys that come out and do that and guys that work together, you watch things build and you see championship teams and you see um, schools that like De La Salle and Northern Cal, you have Bishop, Um, Gorman in Vegas, you have John Bosco, Long Beach Poly, Modern Day. you know, in Southern California, those type of schools, those programs have kids that, yeah, they're good, but those those programs also want those kids to keep coming back year after year after year. And so with that, you have coaches that have already done it, success and so forth, Mm. and that helps you, right? And that's pouring back into it. And then those kids that leave that school, Come back and pour back into it, yeah and we don't have enough of that happening throughout, you know, the world.
0: Mm. Well, so there's a big need then That's for that to need. happen.
1: though Once you receive, to turn
0: around and give. Um, let me ask you, Derek. How, was it your mom that was a major spiritual influence then in your life, or yeah. how did your relationship with Jesus develop?
1: Through my mom. Through your mom? You know, yeah. yeah um, my mom basically. Uh, you know, when you're a kid, you, you, you've got to get up early on Sunday. You don't want to hear that. You've got to go to you, know, to, you know, Bible school on Wednesdays and, you know, kids service and all that. It's like, it's like I don't want to do all that. I don't want to do all that. And then all of a sudden, you know, your mom tells you, like, hey, pray about this. And you're like, okay, I'm going to pray about it. And then once something happens that triggers like a light yeah. like comes on, then it becomes not something that you know you, you don't want to do, it's something that you, you feel like you 're going to do the rest of your life yeah. you know and so um, <clears throat> you know i was i was blessed I was blessed to to, mm. to have a mom that was you know involved in the church I was blessed to be involved in the church uh, from a young age and uh and it's something I look back on, and I, I'm, I'm glad it happened to me. You know, I, I, it's, it's, it's truly a blessing. My whole story in life is just, it's unbelievable. And the way that it continues to revolve in a circle with, with my own kids, you know, as they get older, and they go on to other you know, schools and get to college, and that circle still some kind of way is affected. And you're saying like, man, this person is connected to this person who's this person, and... Um, it, it makes the world, when you see it as being big, it really makes it really small. Mm,
0: wow, it's, that's, uh... well, Derek and I, we, we wanna pray with you. Um, if you'd bow your heads for just a moment. In fact, if everybody would stand and, let me ask you a question. Have, have you ever stepped across the line and surrendered your life to Jesus? Maybe you grew up in church like Derek, but you've, you've wandered away and you, you need to get back to where you, you need to be. Or maybe you didn't have that experience growing up and, and or you've just been dragging your feet, sitting on the fence, but today's the day you wanna say, Pastor Ken, Derek, I wanna surrender my life to Christ. To, I believe God has a plan for me just like he had a plan for Derek and was directing his steps. As Derek would take one step of faith, God would open up another. And you wanna get locked in with that dream, that plan that God has for you. Would you just lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me today. I wanna surrender my life to Christ. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Those who are watching online up in the balcony, Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for those who today are surrendering their lives to you. All heaven is rejoicing in this moment. Thank you for loving us like you do. Lord, we're receiving you as our Savior. You're forgiving our sins. We're putting you in charge of our lives. We're making you Lord. And God... I pray that every person in here would know how much they matter to you and how much they're loved by you. And I pray that wherever we are at on that road today, as Derek has shared with us, how you've been with him at so many juncture points, I pray that you would be present and powerful with them on their road, leading, guiding, directing them, helping them to forgive and to move forward helping them to persevere and never give up, pouring those values into their kids and others that are in their realm of influence. Lord, just let your people leave here today powered up by your spirit. In Jesus' name and for Jesus' glory, all God's people said, amen. 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 Let's give God praise, amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. Just a couple quick things before I dismiss everybody. First of all, if you need prayer, our team will be down here to pray with you and for you right after church. And then Derek, right after service, he's going to be in the lobby. And so, uh, yeah, go by, check out the table he has. He'll be out there. It's so good to have him with us. And Derek, would you mind just signing one of these balls here? And there have been some kids that were so well-behaved. They didn't, they didn't fall asleep. They didn't throw anything at me during the sermon. It was amazing. Here we go, and I want to give them one of these footballs. Now, if I'm going to give them a football and say a final blessing, hold on a second. Let me, right over here. Is that George Kittle's jersey? Yeah, well, come on over here. Yeah, thanks for coming out today, sweetheart. All right. All right. Now, every Sunday, I do the blessing. All right. Okay, I'm praying you still receive my blessing today, even if it's in a Raider jersey. (laughs) Well, have a great time at the game today. Again, would you let Derek know how much you appreciate him being with us? Derek, thank you, man. That was just awesome. Let me speak God's blessing on you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, may you invest in the life of somebody else. Be blessed in every way. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said amen. God bless as you go. Have a great day.